Ladies and gentlemen, it is week six of the Michigan high school football season. Hard to believe September is going away. We are moving into October, Rocktober, if it were. And uh, this is another edition of the Michigan High School Football Forecast. I'm Lauren Plant, Sean Belisian here, Matt Mowry here, Scott Bernstein here, Kevin Trzinski holding it all down for us. So uh, we're going to get into it here in just a second. I do want to say that uh, we thank our sponsors, Lawrence Technological University, the MHSAA, and Hungry Howies. What we've got this week for you is a whole bunch of games happening from around the state. We're going to talk about uh, the matchups, and then we're also going to give a little update in our Hungry Howie's Mr. Football uh, race, and then we'll kind of round it out with Alan True of 24-7 Sports in this week's edition of the Recruit Report, where he's got four guys that uh, are making some noise in the recruiting world. So let's get to it. The game's on State Champs TV this week, Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. These are the games that you'll be able to watch highlights of on the show, and we'll kind of break them down right now. Well, uh, this is one uh, the Western people had been kind of clamoring for us to get back out there and get some coverage uh, on them. We knew that Lakeland was a team coming in. In fact, Oakland Press had them flagged as the two favorites coming into this season. I don't think that was the Oakland Press. That was the actual K. That was the LVC coaches poll. The LVC had, okay, had. yeah, and I, oh, wrote, since you I wrote, wrote this review. Okay, 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 I got naming it. Naming them the two uh, co okay, all right. So whether you were on board with that right. or not is one thing. No. The coaches Lakeland felt that Lakeland and Wallake Western were the favorites going into the season to win the Lakes Valley Conference. We have Wallake Western uh, ranked 11. Uh, Lakeland is hosting this one. Uh, and again, Lakeland's got a lot of guys who came back to this team, 13 starters. Uh, They were uh, a team that had uh, a lot of winning experience coming in. Uh, They've won back-to-back games now. How do do they fare? Because Walt Lake Western's also on a roll. Yeah, we were off by two weeks, I think, because everybody, like you said, was kind of focusing on this one. And, you know, they both had played Mott already, or at least when you looked at the schedule. So we figured, okay, this is the title game. Well, nobody factored in South Lyon being there. And so now... You know, South Lions got even the next South Lion East. That oh, can, exactly, that can play exactly. So yeah, if Lakeland were to beat Western and Mott to beat South Lion next week, then you know you've got one of those situations where it's up in the air and everybody's got one loss, and we all have all kinds of fun trying to figure out the mathematical permutations. But yeah, it's Lake, Lakeland can still get itself in it, yeah. but it's got. It's got work to do. It did what they had to do last week um, and beat South Lion East. They handed South Lion East their first LVC loss last week. Yeah. So they're kind of, you know, but they know they have to basically yeah, win I mean, out. The, and, yeah, the question is, can the Eagles beat the Warriors? Yeah. Well, again, great games are contrast of styles, and you got the high-flying, high-octane yeah. Wall Lake Western offense led by, you know, the gunslinger himself, uh, Sam Johnson, going to Boston College, and, um, and a guy that's been a four-year starter and has been over, I think, over 1,800 yards every year since his, I mean, as a freshman, he threw for 1,800. Yeah, and I yep. think he's been over 2,000 as a sophomore and as a junior. And um, he's got a lot of receivers to, to play catch with. And, uh, you know, uh, he's he right now, all of a sudden, now he's got a running back that's emerged over the last couple of games, C.J. Brown, who uh, uh, you know kind of made his name as a safety last year. And this year is carrying the football and you know didn't get the majority of the carries on the team until I think a couple games in they were three, using Kevin Jackson KJ Jackson um, who's more of a slot back as their as their main uh, featured runner and then you know they've kind of adjusted to that and it's really balanced out their offense 
You move over to Lakeland. You got a team that's ground and pound, the definition yes. of ground and pound. Yes. You got two uh, real gritty, hard-running uh, tailbacks in um, Dakota Myers and Robbie Tracy. Mm-hmm. And you got a coach in, in Joe Woodruff, who I've mentioned on the show before. Everywhere he's gone, he's won, whether we're talking about the state of Michigan or down in Florida or down in North Carolina. Uh, he's been at a lot of different places, and, you know, uh, he, he took his team last year and, and really – yeah, it really shocked uh, the world. Seven right. and two. Well, man. just kind of you know threw things, jumbled things up in that uh, in that LBC, yes, and did. people hadn't been expecting that right. from him. So this year, the expectations uh, were more at the forefront when you were talking about Lakeland. Um, the Mott loss was you know a down to the wire affair where they went for a two point conversion and, uh, on a touchdown late that would have given them the lead and just you know weren't weren't able to get that extra yard into the end zone and then they lost a close one to South Lions so you know it, it, it's it, two losses that are you know quote unquote acceptable losses right, yeah so you know I, I, this this game's really a toss up um, you know with Alex Grignon what he's doing at Western you, you, you know outside of that first game hiccup. They got right. back on pace, and, and they're back to playing the same way they played under Zadepsky. Isn't it funny, before that game even took place against CC, we talked about it at our first show. Look, this might be a tough one for Wald Lake Western. Your first game is Catholic Central. This might be a work in progress. This has been a work in progress. I mean, they're 4-0 since then. Their average margin of victory is 31 points. Yeah. I think they're getting hot at the right time, yeah. which might not be a good thing for Lake And the last thing yeah. I'll say, junior wide receiver for Wald Lake Western, uh, uh, Abdur Rahman Yassin. Mm. In terms of a technically sound wide receiver, there aren't any, be- there aren't any better in Metro Detroit. He runs routes better than uh, almost any receiver I've seen this year. All He's right. produced over the last three weeks exceptionally well. All right, so another one. And this was, again, we always encourage the viewers to get in, in, in touch with us. And, uh, you know, we always say, hey, if you want a game you want us to come at, uh, if you are, you know, passionate about your reasons why, you know, we will always consider it. Uh, Monroe and Temperance Bedford are getting together. It gives us a chance to go to Southern Michigan uh, for a big football game. Monroe four and one, Temperance Bedford just two and three right now. But I'll read you what what uh, he wrote me because I just think it's fun, and and this is what we always encourage our fans to do. He says this Friday, a rivalry game of epic proportions will be played in Temperance. Monroe travels to Bedford to attempt to take the Golden Cleat Trophy back for the first time in four years. Monroe-Bedford is historically a massive rivalry across all sports, but in football, they ramped it up with a giant trophy added to the mix. From my perspective, I can assure you the Trojan Army student section will travel to Bedford and show out for Monroe. Also, in the past four years, this game has been super close and also promises to be an electric finish. I believe it has the tradition, skill, entertainment, and following to be the main event. But all we're asking for is at least a little coverage on State Champs Sunday morning. Thank you, the Trojan Army. That's awesome. Okay, good. We're done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. So, well, uh, anytime you can say kicking mules in a yeah, day, your day's a better day yes. as well. So, absolutely. And, you know, and again, Regard, these are one of those ones, if you don't follow it closely, and how can you with you know as many high schools as we have across the state, uh, these are the games that, again, their grandfathers played in, and uh, they've got a trophy that they play for now. Uh, it's big in the SEC red, and if Bedford can somehow hold off at home, uh, I think, you know, obviously it will be massive for them, uh, but Monroe wants to take this trophy back because they haven't won it in four years, and they feel this is the best team they've had in a long time being 4-1. 
you know, Bedford was kind of in Lakeland's role last week coming into the week one and three and basically going, okay, if we want to make the playoffs, we got to run the table. You know, there might be some margin for error, but realistically yeah. you don't want to leave yourself no. any. And so then, yeah, they, they blasted uh, um, they blast one of the Ann Arbor schools. Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah, 43-7 yeah, yep. over Pioneer last weekend, homecoming, which helps. But, yeah, they're basically in that situation where they've got to win out. And historically, they've kind of controlled this this rivalry. Monroe has lost eight of the last nine versus Bedford since yeah. joining the SEC Red. And they, came, he came, they came over from the uh, Mega Red. Um, and you, you look at the, the kind of their strength of schedule a little bit. You know, Bedford's got a loss to Selene, which obviously, you know, that's that's a pretty good loss. Yep. You know, and Sterling Heights-Stevenson and then uh, Toledo San Francis to sales. You could kind of go either way on, um, but uh, you, you kind of look at the Carlton Airport, Skyline, and Huron are four and eleven combined, and those are three of the four wins from Monroe. So you kind of go, okay, well maybe that's a, that's a very good good that they've already matched last season's win total, yeah. and that's that's kind of what they have to do at this point. But you don't know if that that four and one record is. You know, a true four and one record, or if it's a little bit of a mirage. This would be their statement yeah, win. This is this is where no they have to prove it. it. And yeah. if, and for those who follow Michigan high school football, it wasn't that long ago that Bedford was a team to really Absolutely. be reckoned mm-hmm. with. They had some battles with Catholic Central, yep. uh, and uh, you know, and and Celine. Yep. Uh, we used to feature them on, and they were shootouts. These were de- these were games that were like 48, 41 games, just you know, crazy. And they were finding ways to win. So uh, they've got some tradition there. It's fun to see. The Trojan Army here back in their their Trojans, and uh, we'll see if yeah, Nick, Nick Notario is doing an ex, uh, excellent job out there. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to kind of the heart and soul of that line. Three hundred pounder PJ Brown plays on both sides and um, really controls things in the trenches. And when he, he can throw, when you can control tempo and dictate tempo at the point of attack, you know you're you're in pretty good shape. Absolutely. All right. Dearborn, Fordson, and Belleville are getting together in the KLAA East. We've been waiting for this one. Uh, we've got Fordson ranked 23 in the state. We've got Belleville at number three. Uh, this is the game that I personally will be filming, so I will be at that game. Uh, the Tractors um, got a great performance from uh, the quarterback, Hussein Ajami, mm-hmm. in the 49-28 win over John Glenn last week. 11 of 15, 236 yards, three touchdowns. He had a 90-yard touchdown pass to his receiver James Wheeler and uh, again for Fortin they have circled this date on the calendar as soon as the schedule came out. Both of these offenses have been rolling. Uh, the, the tractors are about 45 points a yeah. game. Tigers are about 44. And you can take that, crumble it, and throw it out the window. I, yeah. I think this is going to be a slugfest. Definitely. It, it was interesting. You know, I heard some comments from Jermaine Crowell, and, and he expects the same thing. He said, look, they're going to try to come out and physically dominate them. It goes back to what you were saying. They've had this game. Yeah. These guys are so lathered up for oh, this yeah, one. Yeah. They're going to come out like a pack of crazed dogs. So I, I think this is actually going to be kind of a slugfest here. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it's it's one like you said when when you're looking at the entire state and you look at each individual league, you go, oh, that's going to be a good one, and yep. you circle that one. Yeah, yeah. This this was the one that we circled, and mm-hmm. kind of like in the LBC, we kind of had the the Lakeland Wild Lakes one circled early. This is the one that we had circled, you know, in in the KLA East that we were kind of waiting to see how this worked. Right. You know, both new entrants, into both this new entrants, but not, they come kind of together. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's. The tractors have a, a series advantage, a pretty pretty steep one, twenty five to eleven in the all time series. But since two thousand one, Fortson's advantage is just nine to eight, and Belleville's won two of the last three. So yeah. it's one of those rivalries that was at one point kind of lopsided, and now has yeah. kind of, you know, 
significantly close the gap. And this but, is a different Belleville team over the last yeah, years than absolutely. it has been for yeah. a long, long, long time. I, I'm intrigued by the, the matchup under center. Yeah. Uh, you got a, an upperclassman in a Jami at, at, at Fordson, mm-hmm. and you got an underclassman and a you know, real up-and-comer um, in, in a field general for, for Belleville and, and Christian Dewey uh, Reed. Reed. And uh, he obviously, you know, came out of the right, right out of the shoot first week and threw a game-winning touchdown pass to, to Jalen Williams, who, who's come over from King along with Tyrese uh, Woods. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, who, who, who wins that battle um, of, of guys that are at controls of the offense is going to, you know, obviously bode well for, for whatever team comes out on top. I mean, that's kind of a bit of a, a given, but I think it, it's real important for, for, the, for the field general to, to do the job this week um, for, for Belleville and Fordson. And then uh, I, I just want to make a comment about Julian Barnett. He's going to Michigan State as a cornerback. He's been in our Michigan football race. I love him as a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, he, he is, you know, as a high school deep threat, there, there aren't any better in the state of Michigan. So I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen uh, at the next level right. over in East Lansing, and they're slotting him as a cornerback. But I mean, this guy is a burner uh, when you you know on the edge, and you put him together with Jalen Williams, uh, you can do a lot of damage if if you're uh, Dewey Reed. Well, and we're seeing more and more at the next level of guys actually getting a chance to play a little on both sides yeah. of the mm-hmm. ball, especially early in their careers, so they can kind of figure out where they kind of fit in. And sometimes you know you have a case where they'll just kind of do that yep. depending on the matchups whatever but yeah Dewey Reed has been really great about uh, you know putting spreading the, spreading wealth, the wealth exactly four different guys uh, had touchdowns uh, you know last week and, uh, and they got Andre Selvin on the yeah. uh, as a cornerback yeah. yeah. who you know I'm sure they could throw in an offensive packages and I, I know he does returns uh, that's yeah. you know he's going to Michigan and you know so that, and that. this and this is going to be the real game where the Belleville Belleville defense, defense. shows who they are. Uh, last week it was just a pick six that were the only points that Wayne Memorial were able to get. They didn't score any other way. So uh, I know that Fortson's going to come in knowing they want to impose their will. They've got a high octane offense. So I think that's really where we're going to see the difference in the game as to how it's going to shape out. How does the Belleville defense handle the tra- tractor? Offense. Well, and that's what I was thinking. I was thinking the same person as, as Bernie, but I was thinking on defense with, with Barnett and Selden. If they're able to lock up their receivers on islands and basically allow the rest of the defense to gang up on the run and Abe Jafar and the rest of the forts and backfield, it's really going to give them an advantage. And, and most a lot of teams have two good corners. I don't think anybody has corners, you know, two of them of that level. Going that's, to the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah no, that's, no, no, that's pretty don't. good. So, I mean, if you can leave them, and that, that allows you to blitz more. It allows you to, you know, stack the box and all of those kind of things that you want to do. And, yeah, this may be the time where Belleville's defense, now that Barnett is healthy and able to, you know, fully contribute. I know he was dealing with a hammy for a while. Um, th- this may be the time where they're really able to show, you know, all of that talent and the depth of talent they have on that defense. All of our predictions will come at the end of the show, so don't worry about that. Uh, We will get to all of that. we don't get an opportunity in the regular season just because of matchups to cover the Detroit PSL that often. We had a really good game last week that I was fortunate to shoot in Mumford and Cody. Uh, this week we had a, a good PSL gold matchup that we wanted to uh, make sure we got a camera out to, and that is Detroit Western at Detroit Osborne. Uh, two teams that are coming in in 4-1. and one. Uh, Western's lone defeat is to Detroit Cody, who is obviously one of the better teams in that Tier 2 
of the uh, the PSL. Uh, but these are two teams that like to get together, you know, every year, and uh, usually it's one of those guys that determines, um, you know, who's going to be near the top of the league. East English Village no longer is a threat right. in this division, so it really is wide open, and it looks like Osborne and Western are the two teams now vying for. Western's got a great defense this year. Um, they got a lot of playmakers. Uh, they got a a sophomore in there, uh, Arnez Polk, who's a a big boy. I think he's about 275, plays the nose guard. I think he might also play center. Um, you got really nice linebackers in, uh, you know, guys like Craig Flowers and, and, and Deion Smith. Um, so I, I think that, you know, if they can uh, impose their will defensively, it's going to give uh, Western, in my opinion, the edge. Uh, I'm not going to – we're not picking yeah. it yet. But I think that, you know, that could be a big leg up for Western. Yeah, they pitch a shutout two of the last four games. And, and you know, this is a great chance for them, too. I mean, correct me if I'm – they haven't been better than five wins in a long, long time. Yeah. This is, this is kind of – you yeah. know, five and four has kind of been their high water mark, yeah. and they know that. So they have an opportunity to, to – make a statement. Right. Well, I think it's their third winning season in the last 42. So, yeah. Mm. These, these are two programs that are kind of on the column. They're, Osborne they're was... the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Osborne 1-8 and eight last year yeah. and now 4-1. and one. This is the second time with four-plus wins in nine seasons. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they've we, only given up six yeah, points and each and, and, in the and last And also talking games. about contrast of styles, uh, they got Isaiah Watts, yeah. who's a high-wattage athlete mm-hmm. under center. And uh, Josiah Lewis. Uh, and Josiah Lewis. Lewis and yep. they got a, a kid named R.J. Carter, who's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, plays wide receiver. So, uh, you know, it, it will be a fun matchup to see uh, Polk and that defense going up against uh, Watts in that offense. I still think one of my favorite lines of the season, one of the favorite stat lines, was Lewis in week one against Southfield Christian. Ran for two, threw two, and caught one. Yeah. Jeez. We're talking yeah. touchdowns here. Yeah. 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 Jeez. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, our main event this week, uh, we had a lot to choose from, but uh, one of the matchups, talk about circling a matchup. When it came to the Michigan Metro Blue, we saw Harper Woods and River Rouge were going to meet at one point. We knew Harper Woods had a whole new kind of thing going with the the transfers and the new head coach and all of that, and they were going to be a lot better. They are. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, River Rouge coming in. We've got them ranked 12 in the state. They are 4-1. and one. Their only loss was the cast tag. In yeah. week yeah. one, uh, no, so no joke there. And, uh, again, both teams have been rolling. Uh, Rouge beat uh, University Prep 45-0. Um, uh, Harper Woods blanked Edison last week, thirty-nine nothing. Harper Woods' only loss is to Warren Michigan Collegiate, who yep. we know is decent. A point, they're more than yeah, decent. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked decent. about the bounce back of Wald Lake Western. How about River Rouge? I mean, they, they yeah. got beat forty to seven. Since then, they are just pulverizing teams, and we knew that they had a lot of talent. Look, Castex a bad matchup for anybody. Yeah, this is a darn good team. Yeah. This River Rouge team, and they got a pass rush and 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 Ruko, uh, sorry, Rookie and uh, yeah. Jalen Henderson. Yeah. You got a a quarterback that's going to play Division One football at Air Force and yep. Emmanuel Ferguson. Then you got you know the the piece de resistance, the X factor of all X factors when you're talking about return game. Jerron McKinney, yeah, absolutely, uh, just Weapon. is Mr. It, football candidate. Yeah. Yeah. This is a kid that you know on you know any given snap, any given punt, any given kickoff can take it to the house. Did we mention Emmanuel Ferguson? I just want to make yes. sure. We yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Man- yes. Yes. Exactly. Manny Fresh. Well, and Manny Manny, Manny Fresh can uh, you know can, can beat you in multiple ways and throws a nice ball and, and he's also uh, pretty quick on his feet getting out of the pocket. And Do you guys get those notifications too? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just, My just phone was blown up. All right. Yep. All right. So yeah. So on on Facebook, uh, it is not uncommon that Bill Ferguson and I have a long conversation. Uh, and uh, he's very proud of his son. And, uh, of course, anyway, his 
Ferguson was sick last week. Corey, he didn't play, but he's obviously ready to go uh, this week. And so that's going to be our main event. We're excited and to Harper see. Harper Woods has a nice quarterback yeah. in, in Corey Graham. Oh, yeah, yeah. From, the, the, from, Oak, from Park. Oak Park. And, yep, uh, absolutely. He's got a lot of weapons to play with. Jordan with Juan Mathis last yeah, year. Yeah, over the last two years. Last two years, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, Jordan Anderson, who's going to Bowling Green, is uh, going as a safety, but also runs the ball for, for Harper Woods. So um, a lot of weapons are going to be on the field. Yeah, when I was doing the um, kind of writing and the introduction that I do for the TV show uh, on the main event, you know, eight for River Rouge, we talk about their resurgence and and how it's been. Just since 2002, they've, you know, had eight straight playoff berths, five regional, two semifinals, one state finals appearance. They only had four playoff appearances the previous 34 years. Uh, And at Harper Woods, this is their best start in a decade. Obviously, a complete transformation. And, uh, you know, I think we're ready for, you know, this is going to be the division title. That's the way it's going to play out. So that's the main event. All right. So uh, an interesting matchup that uh, some may poke fun out, but fun at, but uh, I do not. Um, We are fortunate that we're going to get some some coverage from the Alpena area of the state, which is in the lower peninsula is way over here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Tawas. Uh, who actually had an open date last week? Yeah. They didn't even have a matchup. They're three and one. They're taking on Oscoda, who is four and one. This is the North Star the Conference. Battle of Greater Metropolitan Iosco County. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Battle for the, the Bay. The nope. Braves nope. and the Owls. Yeah. And this is the 64th year. Oh, they play every they year played except 1960. This game. Every which, single year. Yeah, which, since Oscoda started the program. And it used to be yep. the final regular game of the season forever. Yep. Yep. Uh, but now it's just past the midway point. You know, uh, they you know northeast Northeast Michigan's probably biggest rivalry. Um, last year was a 28-13 win by the Owls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, obviously that is going to be on the minds of uh, Tawas. And uh, it was, I said, they, they, they play for a trophy. So I saw this, the Oscoda Press, the news press there, has a trophy that they give out for this game that uh, I thought was pretty cool. And uh, they've been doing it since uh, 1954. So, uh, I mean, again, these are the kind of things that uh, are fantastic oh, in great. Michigan in these small towns in high school football. Uh, and for Oscoda last week, uh, a 16-0 win over Rogers City uh, was, the, uh, was the win. But uh, they kind of do rankings of the, of the area, and uh, I believe that they have uh, Tawas like, ranked fourth or something in, in that area right now. So, but, again, the um, – uh, Oscoda has not had a league championship since 76. They clinched a share of it last week with the win against Roger City. And, and of course, the Braves' only loss is against, you guessed it, Roger City. And it's interesting because I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I blew up there to watch a game. But in reading some of the stories and everything, their coach and a lot of the media that cover it, everybody's talking about their defense, that their defense is the one that's doing the job. And they did it last week against Roger City. It's a great story up there. It really is. I have had a chance to see a game up there in the past. It's 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 one of those cool places that you know the For community sure. kind of gets their arms around it and everything yeah. on the shores of Lake Huron. So this is big. Yep. Well, in Tawas, you mentioned coaching. Tawas had an interesting situation because they had Tim Webb, who had 57 wins in 13 seasons, the second most in program history, and had a down year last year. Stepped down after the season, and so they hired his replacement, 
uh, in uh, uh, Craig Hoofood from from Frankenmuth, mm-hmm. and he turned around and resigned on June first. So now you're getting close to the season, and they had to turn it around within a couple of weeks. Rehired Tim Webb, and he's come back, and you know three weeks later, and now they're kind of picking up right where they left off. Because I mean that, that Tawas program had th- these these. Teams haven't always been in the North Star. The North Star was traditionally the Roger Cities, mm-hmm. the Posens, the you know Hillmans that we're going to talk about later. Yeah, you know, and they they, they like to build themselves as the oldest uh, high school conference in America. Um, okay. But but these a lot of the newer teams, as some of the smaller schools have dropped down into the eight man ranks. Um, some of the bigger schools that because these were rivals back in the old ADMC, the Northeast Michigan Conference, and then it was the before that it was the Huron Shores, I think, and yeah. they've bounced around a little bit, but they always end up, you know, they're 25 miles apart, you know, along US-23, if you're right. taking the... They were, like, the, logging up yeah, there, right, back yeah, in the day. Big yeah. industry, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, they're 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 always going to play each other, and like I said, they, they, I think the only time they haven't played each other since Oscoda's program started was 1960. Mm. I have no idea why. And but, just, yeah. a sh- just a shout-out to Tawas. It's a, a fantastic place to spend Absolutely. a little time. Love you know, there. there, there's a, a great little spot in East Tawas that uh, they've got this fantastic sandbar right out there in mm-hmm. Lake Huron. You can go out there and enjoy it. Uh, it's little cabins. It's it's cost effective. Uh, so yeah, if you ever you know the a lot of people side. that's yeah. the sunrise side yeah. exactly. A lot of people don't give love to that. So uh, we are on the show. You can watch the highlights on State Champs. All right, another one that everyone's clamoring to find out how this is going to happen. Eight man football, baby. As hey, and we call it eight player now. Eight Sorry, eight eight player player yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Midwest East eight player division: Posen and Hillman. Five and zero Posen. Four and one Hillman getting together, and this is Hillman's first year playing eight man, uh, eight man, eight player. They got a new coach in uh, Cody Allen, and uh, they got a nice, uh, nice single, a nice signal caller in uh, uh, Corey Hennigan. So uh, you know Hillman. They, gets off the ground running in the in the eight man world, and they were district finalists last year yep. in eight, in eleven man, so eleven player, so. Um, I know they have a common opponent of Atlanta, yeah. and uh, which is funny that I, I never, even, I don't even know where Atlanta, Michigan so is. Yes, here we go. There's Alpine, the visuals. Alpine, okay. You're going across yeah. from Alpine, uh-huh. You go uh, west, and okay. you'll go through. Uh, first, you'll go through Hillman. Okay. And then, if you keep going, you'll go through Atlanta, and then you'll okay. go through Joburg that we talked about last yeah, that's week. That's right. Okay. Yeah. It's all on M32. Okay. Um, and Posen is a little bit further up if you go up. All right. Uh, 65. So yeah, it's and Posen's basically northwest of of Atlanta, or excuse me, of uh, Alpena. But yeah, they're all they're all right in a row. All right. Interestingly enough, when I, like I mentioned, when I was in Alpena for a brief time, yeah, I covered a Hillman Atlanta game that actually had one of the kids go, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> why would you be covering because, us? Right, because uh. it was it was the chance. Both of them were winless up to that point. Yeah. It was about week six of the season. Yeah. They were winless. Atlanta was on a, uh, um, I think of Hillman was on a 15-game losing skid. Atlanta was on an eight-game skid. So somebody was getting off the schneid. Yeah, right. So that was why I was there, basically. And then uh, Hillman ended up winning that game, I think, and right. then losing the rest of it. And, you know, Atlanta streak continued. But, yeah, those little rivalries between some of these small schools. Now, Posen had been more of a of a, of a a power at that point in the early 2000s and then fell off as their population is down to, like, 78 kids, I think. Right, and yeah. there are, you know, classic schools that have bigger football teams right. than that. Well, um, well, if you had covered the Hillman-Atlanta game last week, it was, the Atlanta folk would have said, why are you here? <laughs> because it was 60 to nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Right. Uh, Hillman rolled in that one. And Henne- uh, Hennigan's a good story, too, because he missed all of last year with a back yeah. injury. Okay. He's healthy finally. He's playing uh, um, with, uh, you know, they, they run a type of offense where they got lots of slot backs. They yeah. run a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of veers. Um, I just want to get the names right. Yeah. Uh, Gage Stanky or Steinecke, uh, C- Caleb Nash. Sanders, and, and uh, Gunnar Melligan. Yep. Uh, Mel- Melingen, sorry, uh, are, are, are kind of being the, the beneficiaries of, of Hennigan's strong play. So, um, Well, and you run into the, these are the small towns where you run into the same family names over right. and over and over again because this is like the fifth generation that plays, right. you know, exactly. football. And yeah, those are yeah. definitely. You know, Hillman names and the Posen yep. names are all the same ones that they were, you know, Wisniewski's and the Dargas and the, yeah, all of them. And, but yeah, Hillman actually became quite a, a an 11 man power for, for quite a while in the late 2000s and the last, last decade. And then again, they started getting smaller yeah. too. So yeah. Yeah, this is going to be perfect for them. They, they, they like to run power football, which is kind of hard to do in eight players. So they're, they're, they're moving more to kind of a spread kind of uh, yeah. philosophy. Well, Posen has a 12-year playoff streak, yeah. and this would be 13 if they could get yeah. it this year. Uh, obviously, if they win, they will have six wins, and they are in. Uh, and uh, again, if you haven't watched eight player football, it really is fun. Again, if you love scoring, uh, nine times out of ten, you're going to have a 50-point <laughs> something by w- at least one of the teams. Uh, and, and that goes right down to the state finals. It's yeah. always like that. And uh, because, again, there's so much room to run. Yeah, it's like arena football. It's yeah. arena yeah. football, exactly, except it's Couple not small. It's, yeah. it's, they play on the same field. Uh, so, all right, so that's what we've got coming up on State Champs this week, Sunday at 9 a.m. on Fox Sports Detroit. Check it out. We'll have those uh, video clips loaded up by Sunday on our website, statechampsnetwork.com. Uh, we will also have those distributed throughout our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, of course, our YouTube page. We've got a YouTube playlist with everything from Michigan and Indiana, so you can check it out there. Enjoy it at your leisure. Some other games of interest around the state. Farmington and Madison Heights. Madison's getting together. This is a OAA Blue Max Silver crossover matchup. Mm-hmm. Both teams 5 and 0. Farmington playing well. Uh, this year, have only given up a total of 27 points over the past three games on defense. Uh, Madison improved to 5-0. and They are rolling. Beat Warren Fitzgerald 41-18. to Eagles have put up 178 points in five games. So uh, in that, at the D7 level, which is where Madison is now forever, they were in six. At the D7 level. They were down D7 last year. Where, yeah, I know. Yeah. But they I got mean, to the seven semifinals. Yeah, so, I mean, that's where they are, and that's where they live now, which gives them a great opportunity to do that. But this this is a nice little game in the middle of the schedule to kind of see, hey, you know, let's uh, let's both kind of give this Crossover, you got the, the Mac facing off at. against the OAA. Absolutely. And, uh, Austin Brown, you know, all the kid does is win. He's got over 40 wins now for his whole career, four-year starter under center, uh, is is really the, the consummate uh, high school quarterback. Um, I like to call him, you know, the Drew Brees, the MHSAA. Just uh, nothing really in, that impressive to look at when you're just looking at him on the sideline. And then, you know, he, he gets under center, under center, and he carves up defenses like a, you know, Thanksgiving turkey. Um, just someone that uh, you know is great at his second and his third reads. Has a big arm. Uh, can beat you with his feet as well, and you know, beat you with his mind. And um, he's just, he's just. He's been a pleasure to cover the last handful of years, and um, you know when you know Madison. Madison goes as Austin Brown goes. You go over to Farmington. You know they're more of a run center team, uh, and Kendall Williams is one of the best running backs that you probably never heard of. Right. Uh, ran for like you know thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred last year. 
um, when when they weren't very good. Now they're good, and he's he's doing the same. Um, you know, chewing up that yardage, and, and they got a nice linebacker in, in junior uh, Jordan Turner, who uh, is getting some looks from a lot of the MAC schools right now. It'll be interesting because I mean, for somebody that maybe doesn't believe in Farmington, this is a great opportunity for say we're legit. This oh, is the, here sure. we are with this start. So it's, I, yeah. I I look at that from a Falcon standpoint because Bernie, like you said, like everybody knows about Madison Heights. Yeah. I mean, it, and it does start with their quarterback. But this is a great opportunity for this Falcons team that that has been impressive in getting to five. And, and he's the type of kid. Brown is just the type of kid that like. And this is this is really no disrespect to the guys he's throwing the ball to, but it's like what you see in the NFL sometimes with Rodgers or Brady, where it's like just whoever you put on the field is going to be catching touchdown passes from this guy. And you know it doesn't matter what the number on the back of your jersey says, it doesn't matter what your name is, how many stars you have next to your name in the recruiting profile. If you're on the field, you could be the water boy, and Austin Brown's going to be finding you open in the end yeah. zone. Yep. Well, and if. Farmington wants to be an automatic qualifier to the playoffs. They're going to need to make hay in the next couple of weeks, yeah. either win this one or maybe the next one. They've got North Farmington next week, it's three and two, because then they've got Seaholm at four and one, and Harrison in the final regular season game at you know for Harrison. So those are going to be hard to, league, to try to get that. That league is you know pretty much down to yeah. uh, Farmington and and Seaholm. Seaholm basically. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's not much stronger in the blue of uh, or the silver of the of MAC conference. I mean Marine. City uh, again. That's the one team that uh, that their only loss was to Madison. Uh, that's obviously an, an impressive team. Marysville's been been pretty good. St. Clair had been good uh, in in recent years, uh, but Fitzgerald is not who who they have been in recent years. So so again, you know, uh, and St. Clair Shore South Lake, uh, you know, is a team that at used to, was dominant at one point, and it seems like they're kind of you know a little bit more back to the pack. They lost uh, by 14 to Marine City earlier. So uh, this would be a good matchup. This would be a good matchup, and uh, again, for for you know those teams to get out of division for uh, a, a taste and get some really good competition before you go back into you know kind of an up and down division in both of their records. And again, it's all about the postseason for both these teams now. They're five and zero. Whoever wins has punched their ticket. All right, we've got another five and zero team in Jackson that we have talked about on this on both of our broadcasts uh, in the SEC White. They are five and zero in a surprising fashion. Uh, Ypsilanti Lincoln, another team that is definitely on the up. They are four and one. This is Jackson's first five and zero start in their history. Ever. Yeah. Ever. They haven't. They haven't even won a share of a league title since World War II, since mm. 1942. So right. And you it, know it, those kids can taste it at this point. And it's beating it's good teams on the road. Yep. So Chelsea last week. Absolutely. Which was a statement. Which is definitely their 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 most notable victory uh, this week. Really physically overpowered uh, the Bulldogs. Uh, in that win, obviously we know Ypsilanti and Lincoln is a team. There's some some real studs. Uh, I I saw the uh, offensive lineman Tate McKenzie got his first offer. Got a Toledo offer, six eight, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Uh, and uh, but they are somebody right now that uh, again at four and one they are ready. They feel that forget the future. We're ready right now to. Uh, take the next step when we talked about earlier a little you know some programs that are kind of on the rise at the same time yeah. these are two that are kind of on the same trajectory because as we mentioned it's jackson's a had a long history mm-hmm. of not doing a whole lot and ipsy lincoln hasn't really done a whole oh, lot no. either when chris westfall took over that program in 2007 it was coming off an 09 season in which they scored 33 total points on the season Mm. Yeah, that's that's a that's a building project, and it was it ended up being a 21 game losing skid that stretched to 30 games before they finally got it corrected. But uh, uh, 
over the next dozen seasons, I think they won 10 games out of 108. So for him to bring that from where it was to where it is now and competing for league titles and, and being, you know, four and one even at this point, yeah, they, they played uh, a pretty good Celine team and, and didn't really hang in there with them. But still, for them to be there, and they're replacing basically who, the guy who is the Ann Arbor player of the year in that area in uh, quarterback Cam Thompson. So... It wasn't like this was anybody thought, oh, well, this is a given that, that Ipsy Lincoln is going to be as good as they were last year when they set a school record for wins with, uh, you know, 9-3 and three record. Yeah. So it was kind of remained to be seen if they were able to carry that momentum over from last year. And so far they have, certainly. Yeah. Both 4-0 in conference. Uh, and again, the bottom of the conference are usually teams. This is a good division. This yeah, SEC White yeah. now. Pinckney is now in there. Pinckney last year was amazing. They've struggled. They've been 1-4 this year. Adrian is usually a team that's physically tough uh, but they're 0-5 and, uh, and Tecumseh is a team that uh, you know you know filled with wrestlers you know on those programs so they're you know they're maulers in a lot of cases they're two and three so again that shows that not only is it maybe some of these teams are down but there's also they're beating up on each other it's, it's, it's there's kind of now with Jackson and Ypsilanti Lincoln making hay in that division then you know even the Dexter teams of the world um, uh, it's kind of just being spread out but right now clearly Jackson and Ypsilanti Lincoln are the top of the conference, and uh, the winner of this one is going to pretty much have it uh, in hand, locked up. So uh, another one that uh, another team we talked about last week was Grand Blank, and it wasn't on the good side. Ooh. It was it was like we all got that one wrong in a big way. They don't have an easy task playing the yeah. Lightning. I mean, no, you got a five and no. team, and you got Brady Apple under center and leading yeah. an offense that's putting up over three hundred yards a game. I think they uh, they've gone over four hundred a number of times and uh, just really clicking on all cylinders and getting it done on both sides of the ball. Yeah. you know when you look at the numbers, Lapierre's getting it. How do the Bobcats bounce back? I mean that was, you know, to lose that big to Davidson. And, and listen, Davidson's a darn good team. I mean, darn we, good. We've seen that for a while now, yes. but to this lose is a, that way, it's a, it's, this it's is a big a, question. This is a show-me game in terms of intestinal fortitude, mm-hmm. in terms of what, what what's what's there uh, underneath those uniforms, underneath that skin, what, what's what's in your heart sure. right now. Uh, and if you're Graham Blank, you're, you're going to come out and, you, you know, you have to put out an A effort. And whether that... You know, if you lose, your season's not over with. You know, if you lose, you're still four and two. You're still headed. But this is this is something. This is a show me game. Yep. Yeah. And if if they want to get back in the race, this is the game they have to win. And then they have to basically have Lapierre beat Davison because Davison's got in the league. They've got Southwestern and Arthur Hill that have a combined one win, and they play out of league against Dillis Allen in two weeks. But yeah, if Davison's going to get tripped up, it's probably going to be by Lapierre. So they almost have to, you know, win this game and then hope to get some help right back from from up here we talk all the time about when you combine schools and when you have schools come together how hard it is it might look good on paper oh you're gonna have all the talent but it's so hard to get them to mesh especially when it's a bitter rival like east and west Mm -hmm. were for lapeer and you have to you know figure that that was going to be a little bit rocky five seasons they've had this is the third time they've been five and oh Mike Smith doesn't get a whole lot of credit for being one of the very good coaches in this state. Top tier. Yeah. But for having, you know, taken this Lapeer program and melded it together into one, they haven't done a whole lot in the playoffs yet. Right. Yet. But they have been extremely solid in the regular season. And they've flown under the radar all year long. We've been, you know, I, I saw them at the, at the big house first week of the season, and they beat a, a pretty decent Lake Orion team. But they 
after that it was after that it was Carmen Ainsworth and their studs, and then it was Grand Blanc, and it was Davison and what they're doing this, this year. How, and Lapierre has just kind of gone like this, this the whole season. This is a perfect example, in my opinion, of how the the recruiting hype can bleed over and hurt kids at the high school level in terms of exposure or in terms of you know a respect factor. It's like so Lapierre doesn't have a ton of Division One football players on their roster, but they're winning with right. great kids that are born and raised mm-hmm. on Lapeer football and, and play a certain way and, and play with heart and play with, with grit and determination. And just because they don't have four or five, three or four stars on their team doesn't mean they should be ignored. And, you know, I'm just as guilty as anyone. I gravitate towards covering the teams that have all the, the you know, the, the kids with the, the stars. Sh- the shiny toys. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, but Lapierre, like Matt said, you know, uh, you know, they've been a, they've been a combined program now for five years, and the kind of success they've had, and it, they just kind of get completely overlooked when you're talking about the best programs uh, in in this area. And I, I still Lapierre is like one of those areas that's kind of kind of in Metro it's Detroit, kind yeah, of in yeah. Flint. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's like Fenton they, and Linden. They've lost nine games since they they combined: four to Clarkston, three to Davison, one to Midland, and one to Romeo. Mm. Not any go. slouchers in there. No, no, no. no. And no, you've no, got them no. ranked seventeenth yeah. in the state, so we're showing them respect. They get yeah. they get this one at home. Uh, obviously, if they can, uh, they're going to really put Grand Blank behind the eight ball if they beat them in this one and be yeah. already in the playoffs and set themselves up uh, pretty good. If they can do this, they had twenty three uh, second quarter points uh, over Powers, and Powers is typically a team that is yep. good. Yep. Uh, and they won thirty seven seven. They won handily. It's a great facility. It's a, if you've ever been to Lapeer, uh, kind of playing a bowl, and uh, it's really cool. It's really it's like an awesome atmosphere out there to go watch high school football. So uh, we'll see what Lapeer does uh, moving forward. All right, another one. Two five and zero teams in the TVC Central, the Tri Valley Conference Central Division. Saginaw Swan Valley is going to Alma. 5-0, both of them. And again, we talk about the circling of the schedule. This is the matchup that both teams were waiting to get after each other. Two very talented quarterbacks, too, and uh, Alex Fries and, and Drew Hum for Alma. It's it's. This has kind of been one of those games that Alma, when they went into the TVC, I think they're 75-50 and 50 with seven playoff appearances in that span, looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Central itself, they're 50-39. and 39. They're four and eight against Swan Valley, and you know that's the one that yeah. bugs them. Yes, that's the, that's their key game since they don't play Mount Pleasant yeah. for the oil. Swan Valley anymore. had Alec Grace yeah, for absolutely. four years, and yep. that was he was all everything for them. Alma has been just so consistent since they joined the TVC. Twelve years, they've only been outside the top four three times, mm. and they finished second three times, including the last two seasons. They've been the bridesmaid. They've won it once uh, way back in 2007 when they went 11-1. and one. It's the only time they've won a TVC Central title, and they would dearly, dearly love to have you know, that, that second one this year. I, I would be perfectly willing to imagine they would love to go through Swan Valley to get it. Yeah, yeah. Swan Valley probably the one of the top teams in D five. Yeah, uh, they're pretty they're much. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right there yep. uh, as far as you know who people are, are saying is the team to beat in that yep. conference or in that division uh, when it comes to the state. So yeah, we'll see. Um, you know what what uh, what Alma can do of this. Uh, Swan Valley coming off a fifty nine six win over Shepherd. 
Uh, Alma's got the two-headed monster, they, they call it there, of Hum and Allward. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but it's a home game, mm-hmm. you know, and that's huge. And it's, you know, great, great <laughs> high school out there. Uh, they beat Shepard 33-13. Allward had five TDs in the last one. So uh, this is one of those games that um, uh, is, yeah, I, I think, you know, will it be a changing of the guard or will it be more of the same? We shall see. But Swan Valley, another team kind of like Lapeer that doesn't get the yep. credit for being as good as it has been for a long time. So, uh, Mount Pleasant and Midland are getting together. Now, Midland, just a 3-2 and two record. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the SVL Red right. Division. Yep. Uh, Mount Pleasant coming in 5-0. and oh. Uh, strong, a forty-one nothing. The Ostrowski Express. Yes, they beat Bay City Western, who you know we we've had players on there. The one kid that we had that was yeah, in our Mister Football Washington, race. yeah, Devil the top Devil Washington. Oh, oh, yeah, Central. You're right. You're right. You're right. Bay City Western, Bay City Central. Uh, but it's okay. Uh, the bottom line is uh, Mount Pleasant beat Central, right. and they beat Western, yeah. and they beat John Glenn. Uh, so uh, they are rolling, and uh, this is going to be one of those games that the Chemics, who have a tradition of being really good, thirty-two years without a losing season, yeah. which was the second longest streak in the state history. They don't want to be three and two. No. They want to be four and two, and this game's at home. Yeah. One of the things that jumped out to me, and I had to double-check it at a couple different places, Mount Pleasant's given up a total of 22 22 points. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. The interesting thing about the Chemics, you talk about their their winning record. They started out 0-2. So give them credit. They've got three straight wins. And And it was Traverse City West and Ainsworth. Yeah. You you know, no no harm in that. But, uh, uh, you know, they're playing well right now. But, boy, my goodness gracious, at least by first glance, this Mount Pleasant team looks strong. Yeah, and the fact their nickname is the Oilers. I mean, come Absolutely. on, we love that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that name should always be in football. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a tribute to their past. Yeah. That's right. The oil the rush of, uh, have the oil of Prohibition era. Yeah. Where, you know, my family actually went up there and uh, planted a flag in the oil business. Oh, there you go. Yep. There you go. There you go. Wait, but, and you look, at, uh, you look at the record, and, and this is what I was trying to decide when I was going to move them into the rankings because I knew somebody would bring up this very argument, and yeah. I thought about it too. They've only played one team with a winning record so far, and their opponents are 6-19 and 19, the, the first couple of weeks. But still, as you said, twenty-two points. Mm, yeah, that's it's just they've been murdering people, and then that's Three that's what shutouts right. That, yeah. you, as a team, you can't determine who you're going to play from week to week. You can't always be playing the you know the hot teams when you want to, or or have your resume stacked the way you want it. They did what they had to do. They shut out the opponents that were in front of them. They absolutely shut down Bay City Western last week. I think 66 of Bay City Western's 77 yards came on the final drive. So, yeah, they were abs- they're absolutely stifling on so defense. JV was in at that point. Yeah, and it's going to be the, the SVL North or the SVL Red is going to be determined over the next couple of weeks, you know, because they're going to have to play Midland this week and down next week, and that's kind of kind of – and a heritage is kind of looming in there. They can they can play a little spoiler. I think they've got one loss already. But yeah, Mount Pleasant and Dow and Midland are all still unbeaten in the valley. So now it's going to be between those three over the next two weeks, basically. That, and then Midland and Dow will play the final week of the season as they always do. That defense, you know, uh, they've got some real ball hawks 
guys that you know just find their way to the football, whether making big time tackles or, or or making interceptions. A couple guys that I know that I, that I've read about that I, that I that I find intriguing and in juniors, uh, Luke Taylor and Steve Davison, uh, both guys that have, uh, have have a number of interceptions, big time interceptions this year. And then obviously I, I mentioned at the beginning the Ostrowski brothers, Jackson under center, uh, Joe uh, his little brothers he, he's uh, connecting with downfield, and then Tyler uh, Huneman, um, who's a big time uh, recruit as a defensive end uh, uh, at the college level, is also a tight end. So he catches passes from uh, Jackson. The Saginaw Valley is strong as it may have been in a decade in terms of total team uh, depth that they have throughout the whole league, and uh, and we'll see how it how it. You know, they'll spread out a little bit uh, through divisions in the playoffs, in the state playoffs. We'll see. Who knows? There might be some Saginaw teams at the state finals once again. Fowler and Dansville getting together, both teams 4-1. and one. Uh, The I don't have a lot of information on this particular matchup out of the Central Michigan Conference, but I'm glad we're talking about it. Uh, they have a common opponent in Potterville. They both beat them. Uh, you know, and Fowlerville, I, I, I noticed had a tough time with Langsburg when Dansville blanked Langsburg three three nothing. Well, the one thing that jumped out to me, they both are on four game win streaks, yeah. and so something's got to give here. You start off the season zero one, something's got to give here in this one. Well, and neither of these teams are going to get the attention that PW is right now because PW is one of the dominant teams no in question. that level of football, and for good reason. I mean, the PW deserves all the attention they've gotten, but. Paywamo Westphalia. Yeah, sorry, Westphalia, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Both towns. Yes, yes. Um, but Fowler in it, it has a history of being that dominant on that level, being that dominant in D67. Um, the last two coaches, Chris Ernst is their coach now, but before that it was Neil Hoffman in 96 to 2008. They went 101 and 34 with two state titles. Before him it was Steve Spicer in the 80s and early 90s, 132 and 31 and two state titles and two or three runner-up finishes. So it's been almost three decades of being very, very strong, and the Fowler you know, kids want to get back to that level and be right in the conversation. With Dansville, it's a little bit different because they just moved into the CMAC recently. Um, First-year coach in Jeff Graff. They had 17 seniors, uh, returned 19 starters. It's These two teams weren't expected to necessarily be at the top of the conference. They were pegged for third and fifth in the preseason coaches' poll. Dansville was coming off the three and six season, um, and the uh, Fowler was sixth in the CMAC last year. So these are both kind of surprise teams. Now, they both have to play Bawama Westphalia, which obviously will be a big determining factor in the league race. But for the fact that right now they're way outproducing what they were expected to do, and they've both beaten, I think Langsburg was second last year, and Saranac was expected to be up there. You know, So those are the teams that were kind of expected to be right here in this second place slot, and for both of them to be up there is, is pretty exceptional at this point. All right, good. we got a couple more games. Let's just quickly uh, jump on them, and then we'll uh, we'll head to break. Uh, in the Huron League, Monroe, SMCC, Grossier are getting together. Uh, Grossier, 5-0 and out of the gate, which is uh, real impressive for them. They got uh, one of the real under-the-radar studs at quarterback in Zach. Thompson uh, threw for I think 265 and three touchdowns last week. And they're ranked fifth in D4. Right he's now. got that offense just humming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really I always have like mentioning this. You know, St. Mary Cat Central for your trivia buffs out there. I think they're the only school, at least one of the only, that has both a different nickname for the boys, boys. and the mm-hmm. girls' school. The yep. girls are the Kestrels. The boys are the Falcons. I so know that. you can use that at your next party. All right. <laughs> so, uh, but um, they're you know, they're uh, in the D6. 
uh, level right now. St. Mary Catholic Central obviously have been to Ford Field several times, have won state championships. Uh, this will be a good battle. And then this one, which is always fun, you get to go to the island uh, to uh, take on a Grozeal team that, um, again, if you look at the rivalry, it pretty much goes back and forth every year. One year someone wins, then somebody wins the next Grozeal year. hasn't been at home in a month. Wow. Like I mean, it's weird. The, the way the schedule configured, I looked at itself. I mean, it's, it's almost a month. It's four weeks when you think about it. Wow. So they're going to be fired up. But yeah. certainly a tough matchup uh, against the Eagles. Against the Eagles. Uh, right? Not to be confused, it is the Eagles, right? It's for... The Falcons, the, my apologies. Okay, I got yeah, my I birds wrong. Say, yeah, yeah, I, I got my birds wrong. I wasn't going to call the, them the Kestrels. The Kestrels are the girls. The, the Falcons. Falcons. Yes, right. exactly. The Eagles. <laughs> yes, exactly. There are many Eagles. They are no one. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. Let's move on real quick. Goodrich and Flint Hamity getting together. Is this a GAC red game? Okay. Okay, all right. Hamity, just Hamity's 5-0. and we haven't oh, are they? They're not 4-1? Yeah. and one? Okay, yeah. I don't know why I saw them. I... Yeah, 5-0. Okay, my bad. So, all right, good. Well, they're undefeated. Uh, Goodrich is 4-1, and one, I believe, coming into this game. Uh, and yep. I know they beat a good Notre Dame prep team a few weeks yep. back. Uh, lost to Brandon. They're in D4. Hamity's a D7 team, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, uh, you know, a difference in that. Um, but I don't think they played each other in about 15 years. I think 2004 was the last time these two got together, if I was uh, looking at it right, which... They've played a lot the over the years, though. Right. I mean, it's eighteen sixteen. I think, the all-time series is. So <laughs> right. They, but they, so, I mean, I was surprised to see yeah. they haven't played in that long. Yeah. Well, and that's product of being in different leagues. Yep. And, and that's one where, you know, the leagues kind of blow up and then fade away. And I know with the Mid-Michigan Conference starting up, that sucked a lot of those GAC red teams off from yeah. the uh, – from from being in the red, yeah, Hamity's five and zero for just the second time since nineteen eighty. They're they, rolling yeah. too. Just they got Deshaun. They, 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 they got Deshaun Gibson who, who does it on both sides of the ball. Um, a guy that you know can go sideline to sideline with any linebacker in that Flint area, and then also uh, rush to the ball with with a lot of uh, power and speed. And we were talking about the Martians before the show. Yeah. I mean they've won three straight, so uh, it'll be interesting to Another see what happens nickname. there. Thank you. Another one of the great nicknames. In fact, in robotics, they have two. They have the Martians and more Martians. So that's how they do it uh, in Goodrich. So that is your preview of what's going to take place here in week six in the high school football season. Uh, So check it out. Again, if you've got games you want us to talk about, future matchups and things, send us an email. Go to our contact page at statechampsnetwork.com. You can hit up any of these yahoos on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and they'll respond to you as well. Uh, But, uh, again, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, talk about the Hungry Howie's Mr. Football race for a bit, and then Alan True on the other side of that to talk about some recruits that are hot and the action that's going on right now in their lives. So stick with us. My passion is architecture. I don't want to sit around passively studying. I need to create. In our architecture studios at Lawrence Tech, we collaborate with students, faculty, and professionals from around the world. And from day one, we design using the same industry standard software the architecture firms use. I really feel like I'm designing my own future here. Lawrence Tech, possible is everything. Today we'd like to talk about MHSAA concussion protocols and an insurance program that the association provides for unpaid bills following a concussion. First, game officials have no role in determining whether or not an athlete has sustained a concussion. All the official can do is advise the head coach of the possible injury. School personnel 
which have the ultimate responsibility for the child, make the determination to remove the player from the playing surface and, if necessary, from further activity. A student athlete removed and withheld from the rest of a contest may not return to play that day and is required to have an unconditional medical release to return after that. And for those families who have unpaid medical bills for concussions sustained during a school practice or competition after personal and school insurance coverage is used up, the MHSAA offers gap insurance of up to $25,000. Find out more about concussion resources on our website at mhsaa.com. You ready, Darius? Let's do it. Anybody want an autograph? Autograph? We're here for the stuffed crust pizza. Stuffed crust pizza? Hey, who do you think you are? End of the line, pal. Flavor fanatics love stuffing their faces with our stuffed flavored crust. Get one for only $2 more on any large original round pizza. Hungry? Howie's! All right, welcome back to the Michigan High School Football Forecast. Our second segment real quick. No changes in our Hungry Hours Mr. Football race. First time that we haven't done that, uh, th that we've done that this week where uh, the same top 10 are who they are. Uh, you can vote for your guys at statechampsnetwork.com. Sam Johnson is our leading vote getter as of Wednesday, over 5,500 votes. Jaron Mangum's in second. He's still approaching 4,000. That's where he's at. But Dwan Mathis, Daquan Finn, Roderick Hurd, Deron McKinney, Cameron Martinez, Austin Brown, Isaac Van Dyke, and Sincere Dent are our top 10. Very talented top 10. Uh, there's some guys with some big games. You know, uh, We'll see what Deron McKinney will do against Harper Woods this week. So uh, that will be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, and I foresee a big game by Julian Barnett and Belleville to kind of sneak right back into the race. Correct, mm -hmm. and yeah. that's the other one, exactly. So pushing some guys, uh, you know, Isaac Van Dyke came out of the gate so strong, we had to put him in. Uh, you know, let's see how Holland West Ottawa Same with Sincere doing. and same with Cam. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, otherwise, you know, guys like Dewan and Roderick Hurd, uh, and Cameron Martinez, obviously. And again, it's hard to judge what, what Cass and King guys are doing right now because their competition level is just not where it needs to be. So uh, that's where we're at with that. Um, we do want to mention one thing on the show. Uh, and what we did is that our top 10 is going to freeze after week one of the playoffs. So we're going to get through the first round of the playoffs. Then we're going to freeze our top 10. That means the guys we have are the guys we're writing for the next few weeks and for the rest of the playoffs. So um, that's when the changes will be made, if any. Voting will end the Wednesday at noon after the state semifinals. So that's... we. Used to end voting sooner than that, uh, but we felt that um, because some of these games are they're so important and they're mm -hmm. so integral in, in figuring out who are the best players when there are so many uh, things that are that it's hard to judge. You know who's better than the other. You need to have these immense games and have top performances come out of that. The final four will then be chosen right after that. So basically, when you watch the uh, state final show. On state champs, we will inter we will release our final four. So that's when you will find out when that is Sunday at 9 a.m. on that morning. And then our champion, just a couple of days later, 
we'll be crowned. We usually invade their school or something along those lines. Uh, we're actually trying. I'm even going to put it out there. You know, uh, Darius Slay is one of Hungry Howie's spokesmen right now. We're trying to get him to be connected with this particular award since it is sponsored by Hungry Howie's and see if we can get Big Play Slay to present the award at the school of the winner. That would be very cool. He's uh, someone that's very active on social media, communicating with yeah. youth football players, always going out to a high school game every Friday night. He, he, he throws it out there on Twitter, what game should I go to? Yeah. And he picks a game and, and shows up, and he, it's pretty cool. He is a fan. Trust yeah. me, I, yeah. I know from going down the lines. Yeah. He's a fan. It's pretty he's, cool. He's just a fan of football. So yeah. what's well, cool? It's cool. cool to see, it's cool to see that interaction where he'll throw it out there, and then you'll have like guys that will maybe one day be in his shoes yes. playing in the NFL, tweeting at him, "Come see me play. Come watch me play." Yeah, for that's sure. pretty. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. To you see know. like guys that are four star, five star recruits that you know right. takes a lot to get them excited yeah. because they've had so much publicity over the years. But when they're interacting with a uh, you know all pro cornerback from your home team. On, uh, on, in, on on sorry on social media yeah it's it's pretty exciting well that's what makes that medium so incredible and uh, again he had a great game against the Patriots you know that was uh, it was really that was awesome so uh, that is the deal right now again you can vote for any of our top 10 at our website statechampsnetwork.com just click on the banner go there do it as much as you want the leading vote getter can never be removed from our top 10 and if he rides it out all the way until the state semifinals he is automatically in our final four and he has a 20 percent advantage over everyone else to actually win the final award should the other categories kind of be similar so uh we have had that happen in the past and uh Cody White is a perfect example. It was really the winning winning the online vote that put him over the top. Mark Chapman of Port Huron, it was the same mm-hmm. when he won. Uh, it was the online vote that put him over the top. So it's very important. Wallake Western's coming out again for their boy Sam Johnson. And so will he be the people's champion? We shall see. So a lot of time to, to still vote. Uh, and again, share it out there on social media. And, you know, these guys who are being recruited or, or have committed to other, get that community to get in and vote. So uh, do it and do it often. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, talk to Alan True for a Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report, and then it's prediction time. Stay with us. I want to be a dermatologist, and though a lot of universities tried to recruit me for basketball, Lawrence Tech had the science curriculum that I wanted. LTU's Southfield campus is a great place to learn. And the classes are small enough that I don't have to wait for office hours to talk to my professors. They're usually right by my side, challenging me and guiding me toward a successful future. Lawrence Tech. Possible is everything. Fundraising should be fresh, flavorful, and simple. We have the perfect solution at Hungry Howie's, Dough Razor. Your team or school can sell paper pizza certificates that can be redeemed for one medium pizza at participating locations. Hungry Howie's makes it easy. It's just a little mini pizza box, and we make lots of money, lots of dough. Go to doughraiser.com to learn more and sign up. Your next fundraiser comes with flavored crust. Welcome to Hungry Howie's Dough Razor. Welcome back to 
the Michigan High School Football Forecast. We always end the show with Alan True from 24-7 Sports. There he is right there on the screen, the state champs background right there. And uh, this is the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report. Obviously, lots and lots going on in the world of recruiting. So many guys going to games and standing on the sidelines. It's funny, you go to see some of these big-time matchups and you see literally like, seems like 50 recruits lined up against the back wall there with their little media passes. Yeah, with all the credentials. Yeah. So uh, and it's funny that's when a lot of the player to player recruiting takes place, you know, for the guys who uh, pretty much are committed. So, uh, but anyway, we've got four guys that Alan wants to talk about, and uh, Alan uh, DeAndre Buford at King. What's up with him? Well, he had a good summer, uh, picked up some new offers there, and then into the season. Now he's starting to get a little bit more interest. He just visited West Virginia last Saturday. They offered both him and Rashawn Williams. They have a little bit of a King connection there because Martel Petaway is there playing right now. So those guys had a good visit down there. Buford picks up the offer from West Virginia. Uh, he's got Iowa, Iowa State, Kentucky, I think Purdue, some schools like that. Still waiting on Michigan and Michigan State, but the kid is 6'5", 275 pounds, very athletic. If you watch the film from this year, some of those long runs that they're breaking, he's running downfield leading the way for Daquan Finn and, uh, you know, keeping pace with some of those skill guys, very, very athletic kids. So I'd have to think eventually Michigan and Michigan state will jump in. Um, just a kid who I don't, I don't believe he camped at either school this year. And that may be what the hangup is at this point. Martel Petaway, what's up with him? I used to call him the PSL pickup truck. Yeah, dude, <laughs> That guy was, was like, awesome. he was, he was zero to a hundred in, in a second. Mm -hmm. Still doing well down there. I think he returns kicks for them and, and plays tailback. So uh, having a good career so far at West Virginia. All right. Well, he was great. All right. Well, we've been talking a lot about Flint area teams uh, on the show this year. There's a lot of uh, great talent, obviously great teams, produces great talent. And uh, Ernest Sanders at a Flint Beecher. Two-sport guy, right? Mm -hmm. Two-sport guy. Yep, has offers in both. I think it's uh, Oakland has offered him in basketball. Southern Miss has offered in basketball. It took a little bit longer in football, but he's still picking it up now. Uh, Central Michigan was the first one to offer him, and then Toledo came in recently and offered for football. Uh, there's some signs that some other schools may jump in. Michigan State's had him on campus. They're looking at him very hard. His dad played at Michigan in the mid-90s, and I think Michigan's going to start giving him a look here as well. Um, obviously, Courtney Hawkins knows a thing or two about playing wide receiver at the Division One level, and he says this kid's a Division One Power 5 type wide receiver, 6'2", almost 6'3", uh, 190, 195 pounds right now, can jump out of the gym, has played varsity basketball since his freshman year. So obviously he checks off a lot of the measurable boxes. I think just being up at Beecher, it's taken some schools some time to find their way to him. Uh, but as far as size and athleticism goes, you won't find too many guys like him in the 2020 class. So I, I think he's uh, a kid that has a chance to blow up here over the next few months. Yeah, Anthony Bradford is uh, one of the top 10 candidates in our Anvil Award, our annual annual, our big, our first annual Anvil Award that will be handed out this year to the top lineman, defensive lineman, uh, linebacker in the state. Uh, he plays at Muskegon, and the way Muskegon has just been rolling teams, uh, you know that the line has just been dominating at the point of attack. What's up with What's up with him? Well, you know, for a kid who is that good and is going to play at a high level in college, I, I think he doesn't get talked enough. Uh, around the state and and I think when uh, those couple of teams came over from the east side Warren De La Salle and King played him they came back going that's one of the most impressive linemen that we've faced six foot five 
three. They list him at like three forty-five. I think they may that may be on the light side for him. He may be more like three sixty. He's just a monster, and the way that they, like you said, the way they run the ball, the way they play football over there, he's perfect for them. He is a power tackle all day. Uh, he's committed to LSU. Some schools have still tried to recruit him. Michigan State had offered him. They were still trying. Uh, but a kid who really liked the South, so I think he's going to stick with the Tigers. And for being an SEC team, they run a little bit more of a Big Ten power type of offense down there. And uh, him along with they've – got, they've got another monster from down there named Cardell Thomas. Those two guys are going to be uh, very, very enticing to run behind for LSU. Uh, running backs at the next level. So obviously I expect Anthony to play a lot more football this year. Muskegon's going to go deep in the playoffs, and yeah. I think he's maybe one of the least talked about top guys in the state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the reasons we created the award is that so we can get some love to some of these linemen because they're so phenomenal. And in a Mr. Football race, it's hard to judge those intangibles and say, oh, well, this you know, this is Mr. Football when it's generally a skilled position who wins it. So that's what the anvil is all about. Good on Bradford. And, uh, again, so many, so many top uh, phenomenal guys, five-star guys that we've got in the state this year on the line, so athletic. Uh, let's finish up with Tyrone Broden from West Bloomfield. Yeah, another guy who we, it seems like we talk about a West Bloomfield kid almost yeah, we every do. week. Um, and, and a kid who, again, shares the spotlight with a lot of different guys, obviously did last year too with all those receivers. But uh, as schools came through to evaluate in the spring, he picked up a lot of interest because he's six foot five, uh, can jump, can go up and get the football, and uh, is uncommitted right now as a senior, but has some schools that he's looking at Kentucky's offered Indiana's offered. Uh, I kind of think Indiana might have a little bit of a, a leg up in the race. Missouri's offered a couple other schools. And then there's still schools looking at him. Um, Trey Mosley's obviously there. Donovan Edwards is a great tailback but without Taj Mustafa and AJ Abbott this year. There's a few more balls to go around. And Tyrone is a guy who has, uh, is benefiting from that. And like I said, just don't find a lot of guys six foot five with his athleticism maybe not quite as polished as Taj was or as Trey is, but a lot of upside there. So um, a kid to look out for the rest of this fall because he's still uncommitted and still sifting through some pretty good schools. Just starting to kind of get in the groove the last couple weeks. Um, he's a kid, like Alan mentioned, last year he didn't – I don't think he saw any, really any balls. He got very few snaps and then went through the camp circuit uh, this offseason and just blew up and got you know a dozen offers, some coming from power conferences. So this was really his first year getting action, and you could see those first couple games, him kind of uh, you know, a, little, a little bit of growing pains and, and understanding the way that uh, you have to play at that level. And then the last couple weeks he's really starting to come on and, and catch a lot of balls and, and get in the end zone. All right, Alan. I'm going to throw out a comparison real quick. A, a skinny guy who was kind of raw came on late, T.O. Redding out of mm. Warren uh, Collegiate and, right. and ended up being um, a good player that was in Lions camp. I think he just had a tryout with the Jaguars. Tyrone's kind of similar to him where maybe you're catching a guy at the right time in his trajectory. Fantastic. All right, good stuff as always, Alan True. Once again, that's the Michigan Student Aid Recruit Report. Thank you very much, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, Thanks, I'll see you. All right, well, once again, thanks to Alan. All right, guys, we're winding up the show. That means it's time for us to have our predictions. Now, I did not have time today to go over, uh, you know, exactly where the – I wanted to kind of get a running poll as to how much I was beating everyone, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to do that. Which you're uh, on patting yourself on the yeah, back. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> but uh, I'll do that next week. Uh, the important thing is that uh, – 
Let's see if we can keep this thing rolling. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's get to the predictions, and uh, let's go ahead and start with the Goodrich and Flint-Hamity game. So we'll work our way backwards. Both teams, or, or Hamity's 5-0, and Goodrich is 4-1. and uh, I'm going to take Hamity at home because they have just been rolling. Hamity. Gibson and Hamity. 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 Uh, Monroe St. Mary Catholic Central is going to Gross Eel. Now, I have not covered SMCC in a few years, so I do not know if they run the tight tee like they used to, um, like the Canton offense, which is almost impossible to stop. Uh, but uh, Gross Eel, uh, again, Sean brought up the point that uh, they haven't had a home game in a month. So uh, they're 5-0 and out of the gate. They've got playmakers. I'm going Gross Eel on the island. I'm going to go Falcons. Okay. Red Devils. I'm going to go with the Red Devils, too. All right. I'm going to go with the Red Devils. All right. Fowler and Dansville. Key matchup in the state in the Central Mish Conference. Uh, well, I'll just call it. I'll take Dansville at home. Dansville. Fowler. Fowler. Okay. Mount Pleasant at Midland. Mount Pleasant 5-0 and on the season. A lot of teams 5-0. and uh, Just itching to get into Maori's top 25. Uh, and they're taking on Midland. Uh, Midland three and two, but again, I think better than what their record says. This is an SVL red matchup. I'm going Pleasant. Oilers, Oilers over Chemics. I'm gonna have to vote against my alma mater and go Oilers. Okay. Ooh. Uh, Saginaw Swamp Valley. Is Mid- Midland the Chemics? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they're the Chemics. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Dowers the uh, Chargers. Chargers, right? Uh, which should be the other way around, right? Midland Dallas right. should Except be Except Midland was there first. Midland was there yeah. first, yeah, okay. Sa- Saginaw Swan Valley, and for those who don't know, uh, uh, what is it? Pfizer is, is the big. Well, Dow. No Dow. Herbert Henry. Yeah. Uh, Saginaw Swan Valley, Alma, both 5 and 0. Oh, this is a tough one. I really uh, went back and forth as, as to who I was going to pick in this one, but I am going to take Swan Valley just based off of what they've done in the past and this, the tradition they have. Alma at home. Ooh. I'm going to go with the road team, Swan Valley. I'm going to take the Panthers at home. Okay. Grand Blank and Lapeer. Grand Blank obviously needing this win more than anything. We talked about the Lapeer Lightning uh, at length here on the show this week, uh, a team that is underappreciated. They know a win here is really going to put them on the respect chain high. Uh, I'm going Lapeer. I'm going Lapeer at home. Lapeer, Jalen Kirkland has a big game. Lightning. All right, Grant, uh, Ypsilanti, Lincoln, and Jackson. Jackson, 5-0. and oh. uh, I went against Jackson last week. Uh, Ypsilanti, Lincoln is a team that uh, is definitely on the up. I'm going to take Lincoln on the road in this one. Jackson at home. Jackson. Jackson. All right. Farmington and Madison Heights. Madison getting together. So two 5-0 and oh squads. There's no way I'm picking against Austin Brown. I am going Madison. 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 I'm tempted to pick Farmington, but I'm going to still stay with Madison. <laughs> All right. Uh, in eight-player football, Posen and Hillman out there in the northeast part of the lower peninsula. Uh, and um, well, you could pretty much kind of throw a dart at the board, I would say, with this one, especially when it comes to eight-player because they're going to score points. Uh, but I will take Posen on the road. Point a minute, Posen. Point a minute, Posen. I like it. Hillman. I'm going with the upset Hillman. Okay. Tawas and Ascoda in the North Star Conference, which I learned is bragged as the oldest. The oldest in high school conference. I, yeah, that's mm. what they say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never disproven it. Tawas <laughs> did not play last week. Ascoda did. They're four and one. Tawas is three and one. I'll take Ascoda at home. Ascoda. Owls. Tawas. 
All right. Our main event, River Rouge and Harper Woods. Uh, stunning that Harper Woods is not 5-0 and coming into this game. I was really surprised to see them lose to Warren Michigan Collegiate. But again, that's a knock on the fact that we don't show enough respect to Warren Michigan Collegiate and what they've done as a charter school. Really, the only charter school that uh, has football roots now as being a really, really good team. And they've gone far in the playoffs. Uh, River Rouge going, to the, going on the road to this one. Uh, I really think this is going to gonna be a back-and-forth uh, affair, but I am taking River Rouge to win on the road. Yeah, I'll take Rouge as well. Rouge. River Rouge. All right, all right. Uh, Detroit Western and Osborne getting together. A PSL gold matchup. I will take Western the road dog on this one. How about them Cowboys? Like it. I'll go Isaiah Watson, uh, Osborne. We want Osborne. All right, good. We've had nice splits this week. I like this. Uh, the game I will be filming, Fortson and Belleville. So, Fortson coming in, a lot of pride. The tractor faithful are going to be there in full force. Belleville really now establishing themselves as one of the power teams in the state. We had them ranked number one. Uh, we've got them at three now. Uh, They're a microwave power. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Instant they, heat. They, they got a mm-hmm. new school. They know that, you know, just that win in week one showed this team is really, I think, for real. Uh, Croyle's got them playing great. I'm going Belleville at home. I'm going Belleville, and and I'll I'll go a step further. I think this game's going to be two touchdowns plus. Okay. Tigers. All right. Well, there you go. Prove me wrong, Fortson. All right. Monroe. Oh, yeah, you can see them coming down. <laughs> Monroe at Temperance Bedford. Uh, this is uh, one of the view, uh, one from viewer email that uh, we responded to. They're playing for the cleat, golden cleat. Golden cleat. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, and uh, since the Trojan Army was so fired up and they're 4-1, and one, I'm going with the Trojans on the road. Kicking mules. Okay. Monroe. Trojans. All right. Wall Lake Western and Lakeland. Beginning of the season, we really felt this was going to be the matchup to win the division. That may not be the case. And this, if Lakeland wins, then that means it's kind of opened up for others. If Wall Lake Western wins, they got a, a pretty much firm lock on it on the Lakes Valley, although Mott's still there. Um, but uh, I'm going to take the Eagles at home to defeat Wall Lake Western. I'll go with Western. Western. I'll go Western. Okay. All right. So. I would not be surprised though. If yeah. Won. Well, well, we'll see. You know, this is one of those games again. It's all on the line for Lakeland. They need. Yeah. They need to win three and Maybe two. Maybe that's why you're winning. Uh, yeah. Because you're taking these. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. No, we'll see. Um, so that is the forecast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, reach out to us and uh, let us know the games you want us to preview. We'll have a, a recap of the games we talked about today uh, and uh, and some others that took place this weekend. So make sure you check it out at Extra Point. That premieres every Monday at 5 p.m. We will see you next week. We'll be right back.